What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the HoopsHype podcast. On today's episode, the Athletics Utah Jazz beat writer, Tony Jones, one of my favorite guys in the business, joins me on the show. And we're going to discuss Danny Ainge's new role with the team, the potential trade market for the Jazz looking ahead, and whether this is finally the year that Utah can get past the Western Conference semifinals. Tony, appreciate you hopping on the line with me, brother. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. How's everything, bro? Always, bro. Uh, you know, miss seeing you in the uh, media room and out on the road. It's uh, it's been a crazy you know season already so far. I mean, I was waiting for you honestly to get a, a ten day hardship exception, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, if any, real quick for I wish, for, I, for, I, wish I, could, I wish I could get that ten day. I can get I can give twelve good minutes to somebody right now. <laughs> You know, it's funny for for those who don't know, Tony has uh, like a parody draft express video um, of him playing ball. It's probably one of the funniest things in the world. But um, I know that most people, uh, while they appreciate that nugget of information, uh, you know, they want to know about this Utah Jazz team, which has been on a bit of a roll, third seed in the West. and, you know, Tony, you're you're the guy there. I wanted to bring you on. You know this team inside and out like the back of your hand. So, you know, Tony, the first thing I wanted to ask you about this team was Danny Ainge arrives. And what is his role going to be with this Utah Jazz team? And how is it going to affect the future of this team? Well, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's the guy. Uh, at this point, I mean, he's he's basically the head of of basketball operations. Um, you know, he's he's a, he's going to be a step above the day to day. The day to day is 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 uh, going to uh, rest with uh, general manager Justin Zanuck. Um but he's going to to be where the buck stops in terms of all basketball decisions. Um, you know, proven trades and, you know, CEO just means just that he's the CEO of jazz basketball. So, um, you know, at this point, he's one of the top three, three people in the organization. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Ryan Smith, the owner, and then, you know, there's, there's, uh, Jim Olson, who's, uh, you know, the CEO of the basketball side. Um, of the franchise, and then there's uh, Danny Ainge, or the Jazz. Tony, when I looked at the arrival of Danny Ainge, I said to myself, I don't think you bring on Danny Ainge to keep things status quo. Uh, he's a guy who's made big trades for the Celtics, blockbuster trades, that put them in a position to win the championship. And my personal prediction is I expect him to be involved in a trade uh, before the deadline, uh, when they brought in Danny Ainge, what did that signal to you in terms of maybe potential changes for the roster this season with Utah? So I, I think the Jazz are going to be um, really aggressive in terms of of making calls and and you know and scanning the trade market and seeing if there's anything available versus. You know, looking at their roster, um, and and you know, seeing if if there's an upgrade, and you know, and I think that we can all, um, 
you know, the, the Jazz are a really, really, really good team. And, you know, at this point, I think they're one of five um, really, really good teams that, <clears throat> that have, that at this point, you got to say, you know, those, those five, these five teams have a chance to, to, to win a championship. And uh, those five teams, you know, obviously Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns, uh, the Utah Jazz uh, from, from the Western Conference, um, and then, you know, the Brooklyn Nets and, and the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously, uh, in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, and, and obviously all of this could change. That, that list could increase or decrease um, depending on what happens. Um, but, you know, if, if you're the Jazz and you're looking at that, that, that group um, and you're looking at, you know, that ultimate goal, um, you know, you have to go, you have a responsibility to probably go all in if you can. So, you know, if you're Danny Ainge and you're Justin Zanuck, you know, you could do one or two or three things. You can, um, you can either do nothing and ride out the current roster and, 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 you know, hope that the current roster is good enough to win a championship. Uh, or you can try to improve on the margins uh, which is, you know, essentially trying to try to acquire a player um, without um, giving up something substantial on the roster in terms of players, maybe, maybe you know, draft capital down the road. Um, or you can do something substantial, which is, you know, trade a rotation player um, for, you know, somebody who you think can, can come in and make a difference. And, you know, in the fourth, the fourth option is there's probably going to be the buyout market, but you know, the jazz have typically not been players in the buyout market. So, you know, there are things, um, that, um, the jazz can do. I, I think that the talk, uh, that the jazz, you know, are, are active in conversations. Uh, I think that that's real. Um, and then we just have to see, you know, within, if anything, within the next, you know, six or seven weeks materializes. With that said, you, you mentioned about them being a championship contender. In my opinion, in the West, I, I think if you don't have a roster that can beat the Phoenix Suns or the Golden State Warriors, it, it's going to be tough for you to come out of the West. And for them, I look at them and... You know, Joe Ingles' name has come up since the draft uh, in trade talks, uh, according to rival executives I've spoken to. Um, you know, it's kind of unclear who's kind of initiating that, but his name gets brought up. And you have to wonder if the trade talks have gotten to him because he's having a down season compared to last year. Um, you know, when I look at the roster, I don't see them obviously moving Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert and then. You know, you touched on the margin, guys. I don't think any of them really is going to move the needle. So to me, it's can you move either Boyan or Joe Ingles and maybe some draft pick uh, compensation of some kind to really make a, an upgrade and go all in? Because we've kind of seen what this roster is to this point. They, they haven't been able to to get past that Western Conference semifinals uh, stage with like this, this core group of guys. So I, to me, I wouldn't be shocked if, if they move Joe is in the last year of his deal, you know, Boyan may be tougher for them to move, but 
he may have a little bit more value depending on how you look at it. Uh, when you look at uh, those two guys in particular, uh, what do you see? Well, I haven't really heard anything substantial in terms of any, anybody, uh, anybody specific and, or anything, anybody specific materializing. So, you know, I stay away from, 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 from that part of it. But, um, would it surprise me if the, if the, if the, let's put it this way, if the jazz thought that they could bring somebody in substantial and it cost them a rotation player, no matter who it would be, I think that Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck would, would pull the trigger on that. Um, I, I think that when you're speaking in, in generals, I think that the jazz are, uh, at a point where I think that they are looking for, you know, one more perimeter guy to come in and be able to defend at a high level. I think that that's real, um, from, from talking to people. Um, and I think that, um, you know, and obviously Danny Ainge's track record um, is real when it comes to he's not afraid to trade um, a major piece if he thought that that, that, that may, trading that major piece to help his team. You know, the only all you have to look, all you have to do to realize that is look at the fact that you know Isaiah Thomas in what was it, 2017 or 2018 or whatever year that was, you know, had that MVP type season. And he was, you know, basically the darling of all of Boston and, and, and Danny Ainge's trade ahead. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I, I think when you look at that, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, 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 the brass of the Jazz, the front office of the Jazz, they won't be, they won't be um, afraid to, to pull the trigger if they thought that that, that would, would uh be better for for their team. Now, I think when you look at the Jazz this year, uh, I think you know the. I think that you can look at them and say, hey, they they probably need one more perimeter defender. The hallmarks of Phoenix and Golden State right now are, that, you know, both of those teams have a bunch of wings that are switchable, that can defend, that can shoot the basketball. Um, that can do a lot of different things. So, you know, those teams are elastic, right? Like Phoenix and Golden State, they can play you big, they can play you small, especially Golden State. You know, they are they are an expert um, team, so to speak, in terms of making you play at their own pace. So if you, you're playing against the Warriors, you know that eventually you're going to get in, into, you know, a chaotic ba- type of basketball game. You know, the Warriors are probably the best team in the league in in my eyes in terms of forcing the, their style of play, their specific style of play on you and making you you play their specific style of play. So, you know, I do think the Jazz probably, if they can, uh, need to, to, to figure out a way to get a little bit more versatile. We're going to find out a lot about them in January because they're going to see um, they're going to see both of those teams uh, in January. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the podcast. Um, but, you know, in terms of, of Danny Ainge and, and, and Justin Zanuck, you know, if they thought that trading 
you know, any rotation player, no matter who it was, um, would, you know, give their, their roster a better chance, better shot at winning a championship. I think that they would do it. I mean, I agree with you, Tony. I, I just, you know, it's funny. You would, you kind of led into my next, uh, transition there because you look at the schedule in January, they are going to play golden state, uh, and Phoenix multiple times. And, um, I really think that that's going to be a decent litmus test for them to figure out if they've got to make a move to really bolster this team and go all in. I think they do. I I've said it earlier in the pod. I, I, I just stand by it. I don't think, um, right now we're just, you know, really with Joe having a down year, uh, you know, you, you know what you're getting out of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, but, um, you know, Mike Conley has been Mike Conley. He's a very solid guy. But, um, it, you know, with the Suns and, and the Warriors, with how loaded they are, they need that extra wing guy, as you touched on. And, and defensively, I've, I've also heard that from rival executives as well, that uh, they're open to acquiring a guy that's a, a defensive wing. Certainly that strikes to me that they're, as you touched on looking at Phoenix and Golden State and having a match up with them. Um, I mean, I would say as like as presently constructed, Tony, with if they don't make a move, is this team ready to take that next step in advance past the Western Conference semifinals? Well, you know, the the thing that this team hasn't had um and any of his playoff runs that um, that they've had under Quinn Snyder is they haven't had health and they haven't had their point guard. Um, and I think that that's not talked about nearly enough. That context is not talked about nearly enough. They didn't have Mike Conley last year um, in the second round against the Clippers. Um, um, before, you know, before Conley came, they didn't have Ricky Rubio in that second round. Um, they didn't have George Hill one year in that second round. And and not saying that, you know, not having, you know, last year I thought it was a game changer. You know, the George Hill and Ricky Rubio, they would have lost those series regardless. You know, they, you know, that might have, it might have cost them a game or two, but they would have lost those series regardless. Last year I thought, them not having Mike Conley was 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 pretty seismic, um, you know. So they haven't had help, and you know, and if the Jazz go into um, this playoff run as currently constructed, if they say, okay, there's nothing out there on the trade market that's going to make us better, or you know, there's nothing uh, on the trade market that's worth us. Uh, sacrificing, you know, whatever we would have to sacrifice for that trade, we're going to ride this out with this roster. Then you are, um, I, I think that you're looking at a Jazz team that's not entirely matchup proof. Um, I think it's a better Jazz team than last year. Um, I think it's, uh, I actually think it's a significantly better Jazz team last year than last year. I think it's a more versatile Jazz team than last year. And I think that it's a Jazz team that's more equipped to handle different matchups than last year. I do still think that they're, they, the Jazz can bring one more guy, should find a way to bring one more guy in who can defend on the perimeter. Um, I think that that's still there, and I think that that's still, still real. But 
I also think that teams will have to find a way to guard the Jazz. And I think that this Jazz team is really, really good offensively to the point where they can still compete for a championship with this roster as is just because they are, are so good offensively. Um, you know, it would take probably, a, a, you know, a superhuman performance defensively from Rudy Gobert. It would take health. Um, uh, it, it would take a, a run of, of, of really good health. Um, you would have to have your full roster. And it would take, you know, it, it would put a lot of onus on Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley uh, to be really good defensively in the playoffs um, as well as being really good offensively. And obviously it would put a lot of onus on Royce O'Neal um, and Rudy Gay uh, to be really good defensively as well, uh, as well as Joe Ingles. Um, so, you know, do I think that that's impossible? Do I think that, you know, this Jazz roster that's currently constructed can compete with, with Golden State and Phoenix at the highest levels? I absolutely do. Um, do I think that, you know, as currently constructed, uh, per- the, this jazz roster is perfect? I don't. Um, you know, so the, the, the onus for, you know, Danny Ainge and, and Justin Zanuck is to uh, answer the questions for themselves, whether, you know, they can make a move to improve this jazz roster without taking away uh, what makes this Jazz roster uh, good in the first place and what makes it the unique roster that it currently is. And I think that that's a difficult question that, that has to be answered. I don't think that that's going to be an easy answer. Um, and, and I think that um, there's going to be some hard conversations uh, between a lot of people behind closed doors if, if there are things that present themselves. You know, you touched on hard conversations behind the scenes, uh, you know, I, this has been uh, somewhat of a plot line that's been around this team over the past couple of years. But the relationship of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, Tony, being around the team on a consistent basis and, uh, you know, Donovan will even uh, tweet at you at times, which I get a kick out of. Um, what What is the relationship between those two guys right now and, you know, arguably one of the most important seasons in their tenure together as they, as they try to take that next step? I think they have a good professional relationship. And I think, um, you know, obviously they're never going to be best friends, you know, um, but that's okay. You don't have to be best friends. You don't ever have to be best friends with your coworker. Uh, I think what's important is, that both of those guys know how important they are to each other. And, you know, and, and I think more than, you know, any other, you know, star duo uh, in this league, I don't think you can name a star duo in this league that um, is as important to each other and important to the career of each other that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are. I think if, Donovan Mitchell didn't have Rudy Gobert. Um, I, I think that his career would, would look different. And I think that if Rudy Gobert didn't have Donovan Mitchell, I think you could say the same because both of those guys, you know, their, their strengths match each other, but their weaknesses match each other as well. Like Donovan is, is spectacular offensively, 
and he's, you know, not as good defensively as he is offensively. Um, Rudy Gobert is, um, you know, can carry a team defensively, but he probably can't carry a team offensively if you ask him to carry a team offensively with the basketball on his hands. He does other things offensively that makes him very valuable, but, you know, he's never going to be Joel Embiid where, you know, you post him up a million times a game and he's going to go out and get you 40 and 20. So, you know, they have, uh, to me, I think they have, uh, uh, they, they have an understanding with each other. They have a strong professional working relationship and, you know, and that's what you, what you need. They're going to be able to, to coexist with each other. Uh, they're going to root for each other and have each other's backs as teammates on the floor. Um, and they're going to be fine with each other off the floor. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, each one of those guys has gotten past, um, you know, the, the events that, that, that we had, you know, two years ago. Um, you know, I think that they know what they mean to each other in a professional sense. And, you know, in the, in the, 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 the biggest thing with both of those two is, is both of those two are competitive and they want to win a championship and they'll do whatever it takes to win a championship. So, you know, that, that means um, that, you know, they know what they have to do together and uh, they're all in this together and, and they, they're going to go from there. You touched on Rudy Gobert and, and, and Donovan chasing a championship. You spoke to Rudy Gobert. And uh, there's a there's an interview out now on the athletic with your conversation with him. What did you take away from the conversation in particular, and any kind of standout quotes that that stuck out from that discussion that people should take a look at? You know, I think he's more at peace. I think Rudy's more at peace with himself than than he's ever been, and I think that that's um, that's you know, helped him uh, have the season that he's having. Um, You know, I think that he's figured out a way to kind of tune out the noise around him. Um, And I think that that's really helped him um, because I'm not sure that we could say that uh, for him in the past. I think that he's listened to the noise in the past and, um, and I think that it's affecting him. And I think that, you know, he's figured out a way to tune, tune out the noise um, that that's constantly, that's consistently around him. Um, you know, and I, and I think that that's, that's been a big step that he's taken uh, mentally and it's really helped him physically. Like, I think uh, he's having, you know, the best season of his career. Um, you know, and I think r- right now, you know, he's he's been one of the two best defenders in the league. Uh, along with Draymond Green, uh, I think that he's been um, one of the, the, the two or three best centers in the league, uh, along with Nikola Jokic and, and Joel Embiid. Um, you know, so I think that he's going to be an All NBA guy. I think he's going to be uh, an All Star as well. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that he's just having he's playing at a level that that we haven't seen. Like he's just dominating games on both ends of the floor. Um, and he's, you know, he used to dominate, you know, he's always dominated games. Um, he's always dominated games subtly. Um, but I think he's dominating games loudly this year for the first time in his career. Like you can just see, like, 
you know, he's, he's just, you know, killing teams on both ends of the floor. So, you know, I think that him coming to the realization that, you know, the, the only voices that matters are the voices that, that are in it in a circle. Um, I think that that's really helped him. And I think that, that it's helped him be at peace with himself. And I think that that's a big step that he's taken. Looking ahead, you know, we touched on whether Joe Ingles could get moved to the trade deadline, but it is a contract year for Joe. And I, looking ahead, it, it you know how it is. When, when there's so much noise around a, a player and, and there's a lot of smoke, mm, some, there's legs to it. And, and it seems that, you know, Joe's name has been out there, as we touched on earlier, since the, the trade deadline, excuse me, since the draft and leading up to the deadline. But Tony, do you think that whether he remains on the team past the deadline or not, is this the end of the Joe Ingles era in, in Utah? He's getting older and he'll be a free agent after the year. What do you, what do you foresee for Joe's future with this team? Well, I haven't heard anything definitively on the trade market um, with Joe and, and, you know, and I think, um, you know, I think free agency is free agency. Um, you know, I think that we're a long ways from making decisions there. Um, I will say that, you know, I think that, that, that Joe's gotten progressively better, um, as, as the season is, is, has progressed. I don't think he started the season great uh, on either end of the floor. Um, I think that he's played better. I think it's obvious that he plays better as a starter than he does off the bench. And I think that that's a lot of that is because he gets to play his minutes with Rudy Gobert um, because those two are such a good pick and roll duo. Um, you know, and, and, and Joe is definitely older. And I think that he's, um, lost some lateral quickness. Um, but I still think that, that, you know, the last three weeks to a month, uh, have proven that he's still, um, a, a really good player. Um, when you put him in the right situations, you know, I think that, that Joe playing with, when he plays his minutes with Conley and when he plays his minutes with Gobert and, you know, the the ball is moving and the ball is popping and he he can play a pick and roll game, you know he's still the same guy. Where he's not going to look as good is if you know he's playing against a team um, that switches a bunch or switches exclusively, and you know that that turns into can you beat your man to the basket and and and, and, and get a bucket? You know he's he's not going to. Um, he's not going to be as effective uh, in in that kind of an environment. He's just not that type. He's not. That's not his strength. Um, so, you know, what does that mean for the playoffs for for Joe Ingles, and what does it mean for the Jazz, right? And um, you know, I think that you know against somebody like Golden State, I think that that Joe's impact would probably be a little bit de-emphasized. Uh, against the Warriors because they, you know, they play small almost exclusively. They switch almost exclusively. Uh, and, you know, they turn you into, uh, they turn you into an isolation team just by 
the force of what they do defensively. Um, you know, but against, you know, Phoenix, against, um, uh, against Memphis, you know, against most of the teams in the West, you know, Joe's going to be an important thing, an important part of what, 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 what the Jazz are going to be able to do. So, you know, his shooting is always going to be there. Uh, his gravity is always going to be there. His basketball IQ is going to be there. Uh, the size for his position, it's always going to be there. Um, you know, I think the defense has flipped um, a little bit, uh, although I do think that that's gotten better uh, in past weeks. Um, but, you know, Joe is always going to be a really valuable part um, of what the Jazz do, uh, whether he's starting or whether he's coming off the bench. You know who else is also going to be a valuable part of what the Jazz do and is always going to be there? Tony Jones, folks. Tony, I appreciate you uh, joining me on the pod and, and diving into all things Utah Jazz. Um, certainly going to be an interesting January for this team, looking ahead against some of the elite in the West. And I look forward to seeing the rest of your coverage for them into the start of the new year and uh, going forward, my man. Yes, sir, bro. I appreciate you having me, man. No doubt. I also want to thank everyone else for tuning in. And if you want to hear more episodes of the Hoops High podcast with guest appearances from NBA players, coaches, executives, and media members like Tony Jones, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up with my tweets on Twitter, at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you follow him Tony, too. He's at T. Jones on the NBA. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best. 